Hey, I'm Sharvari. And this is Sumana. And this is Criminal Vortex. Yeah, this is a true crime podcast hosted by two friends. And we'll be talking about, well, true crime. Uh, I just wanted to, I mean, before we start off with the episode today, I just feel like we should uh, talk about the structure of the show because, uh, I mean, we said something in the first episode and then we kind of changed it. So basically now what's going to happen is that every month or maybe two months, depending on our mood, honestly, we'll have different seasons. So this is going to be Depraved Diaries, season one, where we'll cover serial killers from all over the world. And then we have one for family killings and we have poison killings, etc., etc. You get the point. But yeah, I just felt like, you know, putting it out there so that you know what to expect from us. Yeah, so we're trying to be more organized with our uh, cases you know like yeah. we're gonna pull up different files from our drawers and be like oh yeah for today's case we're gonna talk about it and then you just open a different file <laughs> so yeah i hope you guys like what we're uh, trying here uh let us know in the dms you can dm us yeah, definitely on our instagram criminal vortex with uh, the same picture as our podcast yes so yeah, feel free to come yes. and let us know how you feel about uh, our episode and if you want to want to suggest some of the cases to us or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, before we start the case, I just want to say that if you guys could, it'll just take like two seconds, maximum five, just go and give us a five-star review on Apple if you listen on Apple Podcasts because... That that will go such a long way, honestly, and kind of helps us to be discovered a little more. And if we could, would, I mean, we would really appreciate if you could like kind of spread the word, you know, because we're still like yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is and, like uh, we would such really a passion project. Uh, this is such a beloved project for both of us. We have big plans yeah, for this, man. so you know, like all that stuff, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I am super excited. To see where the podcast, you know how yeah. how it develops and yeah. where it goes, that kind of stuff. So you guys would, you know, really, really, um, it would be really helpful if you could do that. And um, whatever five star reviews that we get from episode three, we'll start Shout giving out. you guys uh, shoutouts on the episodes. So yeah, I mean, I'm really hoping to see a yeah. few of them. Uh- Thank you guys for listening already. Thank you guys for clicking on the podcast and on the episode. This this is like yeah, such a thing. Like, oh my God, people are listening to me from their ear holes. <laughs> That's so cool. Okay. So. Yeah. I mean, we already spent like so long just trying to record, but we just weren't because we couldn't help ourselves. We were just talking about random shit, but... Let's get to the point now and talk about why you guys clicked Mm -hmm. on this episode. So we'll be covering Ivan Malat. Ivan Malat. I don't know. I really feel like, I feel like whenever he said his name, he's Pat. And he's Pat Red Tobacco. He was Gujarati. (laughs) He wasn't Australian. He was Gujarati. And he's Pat Red tobacco oh, whenever no. he said his Why name. Why would you put that image in my head? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ivan Milad being Gujarati, oh, can you not? 
Am I your mama what? Okay. So he wasn't Gujarati as much as I would want Please him to don't. be. He's not. Don't bring this monster to India, brother. <laughs> let, him, let him belong where he does, which is Guildford, oh, Australia. Segway. <laughs> so, who was Ivan Milad Sharwari? Serial killer. Australia. Nice. You Australia. did a lot of research. <laughs> it shows. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, I spent like hours and hours just finding what his name was and where he was from. I thought he was Gujarati. Apparently not. I'm learning. This is the same person who can't pronounce Marathi names for life of us. <laughs> <laughs> It was okay. one name. <laughs> like, so let's get I'm, into I'm a I'm excited. Like, I'm excited. Uh, Tell me. Actors. Okay. So on the 13th November 1993, police received a call from a guy called Paul Onions. He was 24 years old and he was... A- Don't laugh! I'm not laughing, I swear to God. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like... Once Paul has gone through all the therapy that he can and he's come out from the trauma of coming in contact with a serial killer, he might be going back and listening to these podcasts because I think that is a very yeah, I mean, like if you were, right? So he goes back and listens to all these podcasts. I mean, podcasts. if you were like connected to the case, and like he's like, definitely try not to go back, but then I'm really sorry. Try not to, but Paul. just, just <laughs> like he goes back and he's like, why is everyone making fun of my name? Like people are Everybody's dying, dying Kim. And all you care about. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't laughing at his name. I was just, I, I'm just trying. To, yeah, I wasn't. Sure. <laughs> okay, no, but please just go, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, okay. So on November thirteenth, nineteen ninety-three. Uh, police received a call from a guy called Paul Onions. He was 24 years old and lived in UK. On the 25th of January 1990, three years ago, Onion had um, Onions had back, been back, back, back. On 25th January 1990, Onions had been backpacking in Australia and while hitchhiking from Liverpool Station towards Mildura, he accepted a ride south out of Castle from a man only known as Bill. South of the town of Mittagong and less than one kilometer from Belanglo Belanglo? Belanglo. South of the town of Mittagong and less than one kilometer from Belanglo State Forest, Bill stopped and pulled out a revolver and some rope stating it was a robbery at which point Onions managed to flee. Onion, Onions flagged down a passing motorist, Joanne Berry of Canberra, and together they described the assailant and his vehicle to the Bore police. On 13th April 1994, detectives refound the note regarding Onions' call. The statement was made, uh, his statement was corroborated by Berry, along with the girlfriend of a man who worked with Millard. But I heard in other places that apparently uh, Ivan Milat 
okay, if you did not realize, Ivan Milat is the guy, Bill. And uh, basically, Bill was like, he stopped the car. Him and Onions were in a car. And then he stops the car. And he goes, I want to listen to some other music. And I have my cassette tapes in the back of my car, in the trunk of my mm-hmm. car. So he gets down and goes to his trunk. And then um, this guy, Onions, comes out and he's like, dude, that's okay. I mean, we can just listen to the cassettes in the car. And that's when he like sees that he has a gun and all this robbery equipment and shit like that. And then he runs. I don't know which story. Okay, so like, let's just putting okay, them putting out these there, two out you there. know, you guys can decide which one is yeah. correct or not. But then these other ones that are popularly and commonly um, out there, you know, said about the situation. But then yeah. it's, it's pretty... Um, <clears throat> It's pretty viable that Onions could just figure out. Like, I think he had this gut feeling somewhere because always listen to your instincts, guys. It it helps you a lot. Yeah, and definitely. I think he had this gut feeling that, bro, this Bill guy is not, not okay. And then he just decided to, like, you know, make a run for it. Someone's not going to yeah. stop in the middle of the... Dude, just, like, imagine getting into an Uber, okay? I'm not trying to give you nightmares, but I am. So, like, imagine trying trying to get into Uber. You sit there. And then uh, your um, Uber driver just goes, Yo, I don't like this music. Let me just go to the back real quick and get some good music. I would get I into would... the steering wheels and run. <laughs> that would be I so would smart. Not... I, I, I did not Imagine if he tells me that there is something in the back of my car. And then he gets out of the car, gets all the way to the hood, and then uh, he's like getting the boot open, and then he's like, you know, taking out a gun and a revolver or something. Like this guy had a twenty-two caliber rifle on him, which was pretty no, common. but, like, but dude. Then if you ask me, people who just open the door and start running, what if the guy who was already gonna kill you anyways just decides to be like, you know what, um, I'm just gonna shoot him in the leg real quick, and then I'm gonna drag the person. No, no, no. But it was like Paul Onions. He ran into oncoming traffic. There was like. Yeah, which is safe. So, which I mean, is even which if is what saved him. But then if you're but, in a but like you what are you in were a deserted talking? place, okay? Like you get into an Uber yeah. and then you know that like the place that you are supposed to be going, this is not the place it is, and then the person pulls the I have a something in my boot trick and he actually gets out of the car. You could just easily like if the guy doesn't take the key, you could just easily shift seats real quick and just try to run. You could, you could, but, but once you go ahead and you're like speeding and he realizes, what if he shoots your tires, then you've, you've angered But then if I'm going to be in the car, trying to steal the car, car, there is a very, very, very open chance that I'm going to like, you know, end up boom. Or what you could do since he's in the boot and my stupid brain thinks, I'm oh, reversing the car. I'm just going a little different. Full speed, i reversing. Let the guy be under my car. Then I call Naira yeah. and he's like, oh, by the way, I have a serial killer under my wheels. So that <laughs> you might want to claim him because we don't. <laughs> just get him from there. I mean, I make him sound all smart, but then I'm just like this really uh, tall and overweight kid. So probably trying to like jump from one place to another. The... By the time I I remove my belt, the serial killer is already by the window. Like, excuse me, what are you doing? 
Okay, so now that we talked about Paul Onions, and he was basically, I mean, he was like one of the guys who like really aided in the investigation and Ivan Milad pretty much got caught because of him. So let's like talk about Ivan Milad's murders. Okay, so about Ivan Milad's uh, murders, they are commonly like his main uh, genre of people that he killed was backpackers. Because oftentimes these backpackers come from a long, long way and then they, they keep on like, you know, uh, taking different uh, modes of vehicles, like randomly, they just, they're basically hitchhikers. So these people just have like a bag on them and then they have all their stuff in it. They don't have much luggage and they're just like probably getting from one place to another. And a lot of these people end up being either, um, you know, hikers or like, runaways so it's a wild chance that people won't know where these guys are at the exact moment so this makes them a very uh, vital like a very uh, easy target if that's what um, Milad was aiming for so for first Milad's less fortunate victims were discovered were British backpackers Carolyn Clark and Joanne Walters. They were found in an area of Belangelo State Forest known as Executioner's Drop Jeez, who named this? Excuse you? I don't like it. By orienting <laughs> by orienting enthusiasts who were out on their weekly run on September 19th, 1992. So these two bodies were discovered by like people who were on their weekly run. So basically joggers. So basically I like joggers. Them. I feel bad for them. Most of them have PTSD. This location was not far from the area where the attacks on onions had occurred in 1990. So maybe he had a certain area where he was attacking people. Uh, both, g- Yeah, he had quite a few. And I think his entire, I mean, he targeted uh, hitchhikers and backpackers, obviously. But I think he also targeted like uh, young adults, like from the age of 19 to 24-ish. So, uh, the zip of her jeans had been undone, but the top button was still fastened, as if she had been partially stripped and sexually assaulted, then buttoned up hastily after the attack. Her remains were too badly decomposed to actually establish whether a sexual attack has occurred. had occurred. Clark, as well as being stabbed repeatedly, had been shot in the head ten times. She also had similar spinal wounds to Walter's. Four bullets that remained inside her skull were preserved for forensic analysis and detectives were were confident that they would be able to use these to track the weapon responsible. Apparently, apparently the detectives or the police thought that because the head was shot 10 times, I mean, it couldn't be that much of an overkill. So they thought that maybe she was, her head was used as target practice or something like that. And I believe what? that. Who practices yeah. target on a dead person's head? I mean, if you're... Ivan Malad, <laughs> that's you. Makes sense. Makes sense. What do you... I mean, you kill someone. You're like, aren't you already tired? And then he just like has mad stamina. He's just like, let's just do some shooting practice. But like, that's the thing. And it's like overkill, but like 10 bullets to the head... Well, Why? Uh, if I'm if I'm not wrong, you know how much like uh, a twenty two caliber uh, gun? How much uh, like 
rounds does it have? Five? Anybody who knows about guns can let us know, please. Don't kill me. Yes. A primitive brick fireplace had been constructed near the bodies and cigarette butts and spent 22 caliber cartridge cases were also recovered from the scene. An extensive search of the surrounding area produced no more bodies at the time and the possibility that a serial killer was on the loose, although speculated in the press, was denied by the police authorities. Despite the abundance of forensic evidence, police made little progress over the following weeks and saw the assistance of a forensic psychiatrist, Dr. Rod Milton. He concluded that the killer was in his mid-30s, had a history of aggression, was familiar with the surrounding terrains and was motivated by pleasure of inflicting pain. Of course. I'm so fascinated with this. How do you know this much? Do you know the guy personally? I don't think... How how do you know that he's in mid thirties? I, I mean, they could have they could have easily like figured out the way he had uh, attacked them, or maybe the way he had killed and the pressure applied and stuff, and then how much it's possible by the human maybe. body. Uh, so like, it really um, it really gets to me. Like, it's it's there is always a little bit of hidden miss with these kind of things, but I mean. A general idea kind of gives you a better, uh, you know, searching space. Like it narrows down the way you're looking. It could, yeah, yeah. it could be anybody, but then once you have this uh, certain image in your head, mm-hmm. that's how you can like go ahead. And of course, he was aggressive because like, come on, he he stabbed them so many times. Yeah. And, you know the shooting practice and stuff. Ugh. And familiar with the surrounding terrains because, like, he knew the place, of course, because nobody, I think, spotted him and stuff. And Yeah, I mean, maybe because he was, like, sitting there and smoking cigarettes. So, like, he probably knew that people don't come around. And, like, he can spend time. And maybe the, the time cigarette butts also like, kind of sit there. pointed to him being in his mid-30s. Maybe the brand or something. I mean, I know teenagers who smoke. Yeah, so, I like, don't know a person who used to smoke. And then she wouldn't smoke in front of me. <laughs> I do. So, furthermore, he did not believe that a serial killer was responsible. Although it was possible that the killer may have had an assistant. Police progress continued to be slow as all leads were painstakingly followed, including the thorough investigation of all suspicious disappearances over the previous decade. So, uh, one thing that I think I need to give credit when it's due um, usually the police work is always just like eh but then the police work in this particular case was so thorough they went through each and everything they exhausted each and every lead to the very nth level like they went ahead and then checked exactly. each and every person and everything was like uh, examined and you know they didn't leave a single rock unturned so I think this they really did the yeah, damn thing. they did the investigation. How a surprise. But uh, I love it. I love how uh, they did everything and they were actually set out to find. But then the only thing that really irks me is that the police was like, no, we're not looking for a serial killer. Are you stupid? I, I mean, I understand that because it's very difficult. To find I mean, you can just say Especially when it's just they found one murder. Like you kill one person and they could be like, oh, yeah, serial yeah. killer. But I think serial killing has like a certain pattern where it qualifies as one. Yeah, no, but 
yeah but i feel like you need a couple at least like two murders to understand that it's a serial killing and overall also i feel serial killings are very hard yes, to detect yes. you'd rather because the thing is when a person gets killed usually the police will look at their uh, close family relatives anyone that they know because mostly a crime of passion or something like that so when it comes to serial killings it's like a random person you know you I mean as know much as serial killings are so I feel that is I, harder I, mean, I, I guess serial killings as much as they are like sensitized by the media because they don't occur so often and the whole idea of being picked at random and just being slaughtered um, that is very scary to people so I think that's why it gets such like media attention in yeah. general but then honor killings and passion killings and ritualistic killings and cult stuff all this stuff is just so 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 much prevalent in a lot of places and cults not like the yeah. the charles manson kind of cults cults are everywhere you know like it just could be like a couple of families just like sitting there being like oh yeah off the top of your head what's your favorite uh, cult what's the cult that you would probably join scientology my dumb brain always thought scientology was awesome. like a, awesome. a thing but no <laughs> scientology cuz i don't I, if i all the uh i think scientology cuz it has science in its name i was like oh yeah it makes it makes more sense we talk about molecular biology but no <laughs> they're talking about you going to heaven let's get back to it yep. now The discovery of the second set of bodies in October 1993 injected a new life into a case that had become stale despite the best investigative efforts. The badly decomposed remains were those of Australian nationals um James Gibson and Deborah Everest who had gone missing in 1983, 1989. Despite the environmental damage <laughs> raw on clothing, Gibson's zipper was intact. It was open but at the top was fastened in a similar manner to Walters. Post-mortem examination again revealed paralyzing spinal knife wound inflicted in a similar manner to the earlier British victims. Crime scene similarities included a small fireplace built near the bodies making the police more certain that they were dealing with the same killer. The superintendent Clive Small was placed in overall charge of the investigation setting up a large task force to pro- uh, progress the investigation a massive manual search of extended villageo forest was initiated and it took almost a month for the next victim was found in november 1st this was german national simon schmidl who had been missing since january 1991 when she had been planning to hitchhike south from sydney in search of work the trademark fireplace and discarded 22 uh, caliber shells were close by there was no doubt she had fallen victim to the same killer showing the now familiar spinal injury so the thing that we noticed with like all of these killings is the fireplace the discarded 22 caliber shells and the uh, the spinal injury yes. like the paralyzing spinal injury so he did have an mo like he did have an mo people people eh, yeah definitely like he was bold that he was doing the same thing and who builds a fireplace thingy i don't like that it that just shows that he was spending time around the dead bodies or 
he was letting them you know bleed to death or something like that or maybe he came to the place before and he built it and then he knew that he's going to do this and then he just lured someone in and be like die but he okay. wasn't charming he was a very weird looking guy go in how did he do it how did he do it mr yeah. malat you died in 29 and i don't understand why why do you want a fireplace Because, like, that's going to have smoke and then someone's going to come there. That tells you. That that's going to attract people. This guy was, like, either really off in his head or he was, like, you can't catch me. And he was very egoistic about his feelings. Because, like, you can see that with the way he, like, very tries to... Yeah, the way he tries to, like, make sure that, you know, um, he just shoots the body numerous times and stuff. And it was so weird. So the next killings are, like, a bit to uh, like a bit more gruesome so 3 days later the exhaustive search yielded the final two victims german nationals i'm so going to ruin the name uh, i'm sorry in advance <sighs> anja habshit habshit i think it's anya anya i'm just going to say anya it was not it's not a joke okay it's anya habshit habshit okay I don't know. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Okay. I'm really sorry for ruining German names. I'm not German. I'm very Indian. Um though I have an Arab accent <laughs> sometimes, but okay. <laughs> Nationals Anya Habshid <laughs> and her boyfriend Gabor of Kart for the life of me. Um Gabor Nugebar I made that sound Arab as hell. No. It's not. That, that sounded so it Arab. It's not German yeah. though. It's Gabor Nugibar. Nugibar? 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 Okay. Mr. I'm just going to. Nugibar. Nugibar. That's, that, that sounds, sounds German. Okay. Let's stick with that. Gabor <laughs> Nugibar. Oh yeah, that sounds... If it was French, maybe we would have had Shut a chance. Shut up, you, like, you baguette. <laughs> you know nothing. I know French. I've studied French for like oh, four yeah. years. Oh, yeah. I, I know, know you, French. baguette. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's, French. That's French. French enough for me, bro. <laughs> okay. Um. So, Mr. Uh, Gabor <laughs> and his and his girlfriend Anya who had been missing since just after christmas of 1991 the boy's jeans had been unzipped but with the button fastened and he had been strangled as well as shot numerous times the recovered bullets were in a perfect match to the previous crime scenes the girl's body however was missing its skull completely which appeared to have been severed by a machete or a sword a sword sir excuse you This guy just wow. like freaking That's leveled up. Medieval. He leveled up as if he was a Witcher 3 character just like <laughs> oh this one sword. You know you know the TikTok sound right? You know that TikTok sound like level up. Level up. Imagine that level level up. Choose this is new weapons. I could oh, never I hit that. So after Sorry. this basically like You got you got you got to like think what happened after this like police might have caught up to it right 
you they should okay. have so like i think the I police like... has to have been like aware because all of these uh, had a very clear mo and i think if you like take in uh, to of consideration the cigarette butts and stuff i think they would have found his dna somewhere so was millet yeah. arrested okay after so, this or not okay so uh before i go on to the next part i just feel like we should like collectively take the name of all the victims because it's very easy to like forget the names because yeah. there's so many and like we're talking about the stories and then we go on to the next one so like you forget the first one So there was uh Debra Everest and uh, James Gibson both were 19 and they were from they were a young Victorian couple from Frankston then you had Simon Schmidt 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 Simon 21 years old from Germany um then you had uh, a German couple Gabor Nuge New Nishbauer and An- Anja Habshid. Uh, the guy was 21 and the girl was 20. And another, in, then there was a British couple, no, not a British couple, they were British friends. Uh, Caroline Clark, 21, and Joanne Walters, 22. Okay, so now moving yes, on to the search yeah, for the serial killer. The serial killer. Too early. It's kind of sad, you know, like you, huh? you just kind of think of them, and then all of these serial killings. It was, it was not like obviously death is not something that anybody deserves, but um, obviously, but like they were just it's too soon for them. They hardly lived. Dude, we are a few years. We are. If we were in Australia at that time, we would be his victims. Like we would be his. What do you say? Type to kill. Honestly. No, we are not white. Yeah, all of her, all of his was, victims were white. They were, were white, kind of white. Uh, but still, like within the age, yeah, just like think, group, you know. think of being twenty-one and then just dying like that's too much for me. Okay, so trial. Okay, his arrest. No, we have to still search for the serial killer. So, I'm, I just can't wait for him to get arrested. <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm done. <laughs> yeah, he's done enough damage. You know, go away, be gone. Exactly, go away. Now, examination of the remains showed evidence that some of the victims had been tortured and did not die instantly from their injuries. In response, on 14th October 1993, okay, you guys might hear firecrackers in the background. Please excuse that. It's Diwali here, and. Uh, Even though we shouldn't be firecracking fra- uh, firecrackers, my place is just some Sharma ji's beta has decided to buy crackers. <laughs> This <laughs> Sharma ji's son has not. <laughs> I I am a very okay. nice person. No, we we, we have we are just lighting candles around the house. It's been it's been quite a few years since we stopped mm-hmm. cracking firecrackers. Even though in our society they continue to do that, and it's disgusting. How much smoke? This sky changes you know, colors from all so of that. Anyway, so excuse the firecracker. We do not condone this behavior, but it's puja. But it's not puja. What to do? What is this behavior, puja? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> 
technology The list of suspects was narrowed from a short from a list of 230 to a short list of 32 of which Ivan Malat was a part. Uh speculations arose that the crimes were the work of several killers given that most of the victims had been attacked while as pairs and had been killed in different ways and buried separately. I am so fascinated because like he went for pairs like usually you would want to go out with your best friend or like literally anyone else just so that you feel safer but this guy was like uh 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 miracle yeah, both he just he just made you like want to go out in a horde of people with with armors with body exactly. armors or like just never just don't get out of your house you won't be killed but then also he could or maybe just you, jump, you don't know just stay in your, your room uh, window be like hello You never know with these killers. It's weird. You know, this is close up. Board this up is your why windows. we need Iron Man. We and need Iron Man ka suits. Like, forget about designer fashion, brother. If I have to sell <laughs> my soul to the devil to get a, an Iron Man suit to wear all the time, I would. I don't care. I'd wear it. Yeah. I know it's not made for females, but then I don't give a shit. I'd, I'd wear it. I'll wear it out, and if I see threat, I'll be like Jarvis. destroy not me jo dekh raha usko destroy <laughs> and then jarvis is like but sir they they haven't done anything as if they will know i'm telling you no bola it's just an uber sir like you you got a it's just an uber you never know jarvis never know <laughs> and we just end up flying everywhere so who needs an uber anyway so like is a groom and then you fly <laughs> yeah so now let's go back to where we started from uh, onions was flown out to australia from uk where he identified millard from a video lineup giving police the excuse they needed to seek a warrant for the search of various millard family properties so basically they had come down to like 32 people right so they did like a video lineup and he onions you know recognized him which is really cool i mean props apps to him apps to him um a simultaneous raid was carried out in early hours of may 2020 may 22 1994 not this year which revealed a huge amount of evidence <laughs> linking malak to the crimes including personal effects of many of the victims including clothing sleeping bags and other camping equipment as well as a vast quantity of ammunition they also found parts of disassembled disassembled weapons including a 22 caliber rifle a long curved cavalry sword suitable for the beheading of habshid and found and was found in a locked up cupboard at the home of shit sorry all of this was found 
in a locked cupboard at, at the home of Milad's mother. Now moving on to the trial and aftermath. Milad was arrested and taken into custody for the questioning, for further questioning, where he was evasive and uncooperative. Audacity. No, have you seen the picture of his arrest? Like, we'll put that up in our... Uh, he was laughing, no, we'll put right? that up in our Instagram uh, um, post about this episode. And then I just wanted to go through the pictures. Yeah. It is... <sighs> the way the dude laughs. He was... He was like hysterically smiling. Like, his, he has a gummy smile and everything. He's like... <laughs> and even for the uh, trial when they were taking him to the court, even then he was smiling as if, like, somebody is basically giving him the peace prize or something. He's, like, also happy. He's like, Mama, I, I need that. Mama, I'm here. <laughs> he was initially charged with the attack on onions, then subsequently with the seven murders once ballistic evidence matched his weapon to the attacks. He remained in custody, custody to await trial. He engaged the same lawyer who had represented him during his 1971 rape trial and acquittal, John Marston, but fired him when he advised Milak to plead guilty. Wow. <laughs> Very smart. Oh my god. So, uh, so just for context here, um, this Milad guy is not just like, you know, he didn't wake up one day and just decided to be a bad guy. He, he has a history of it. So like after this, we'll get into him and his personality and, you know, Yo. the deep, dark depths of the dangerous minds. Uh, wow, that was such a stretch. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that was a mouthful, actually. But, um, you know, like, this guy is not a good guy. Just so you guys know, if you already didn't figure it out, he's not a good guy. And he's been not a good guy since he was 17. So, yeah, keep that in mind while you hear some random stuff. It's going to come and, you know, all fall into place at the end of it. We're going to talk more about that later. I just realized today's 13th Friday, November. 13th November 2020 is a Friday. 2020 Friday. just can't Black get Friday. more ominous than this. So, Milad's trial was set for June 1995, but the case was delayed by wrangles over legal aid and finally went ahead in the full glare of international publicity in March 1996. Milad was charged with seven murders as well as the attack on onions and pleaded not guilty when to all charges. Like, it's, it's just surprised. <laughs> it's not surprised. It's just disappointing. I'm disappointed. I can't. I don't <laughs> like this. Onions was the first prosecution witness who was followed by testimony from the family members of the victims. Then followed details of the hundreds of exhibits and crime scene photos as well as expert witness testimony. The prosecution case took 12 years, 12 weeks, not years, 12 weeks to 12 present. Kudos to Onions, though. It takes so much to actually face the guy yeah, man. whom you were sure was like going to take face the guy and you know he... that he has done that stuff before and it's going to be so creepy. Like, just think about the guy who's like all, all teeth just looking at you like, ah, you cut me, huh? It's terrible. Yeah, I mean, like, and the trauma of it all. It, it's know? bound to give you PTSD and like all the, all sorts of mental issues, anxiety and stuff. You're going to be like exactly. crippled with this stuff. You're going to wake up having nightmares. Just like, bro, I could have been killed. 
Exactly, I could have been. Oh that is man, so scary. I can't. There's a I thought of dying. Think about that. It's like nothingness, you know. It's like everything that you've ever done in life just becomes nothing. Wow, Sherwood like, being deep anyways. number one. Uh, the defense called Millard to the stand. He denied any involvement in the killings, oh, 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 but performed poorly under cross-examination, making a bad impression on the jury. The defense tried to imply that the other members of the Millard family had committed the crimes and then said, I've been up. But the case presented was not credible. What Motion. made the, on July 27th, the defense just be like, oh yeah, it's the family, it's not him. They set him up. It's like, no, it's like they couldn't deny it. Nah, they couldn't deny anything. So like, whoa, the murders happened. But like, I mean, I it was anything. He's the sweetest kid ever. No, I mean, like it was found in the cupboard of his mom's house so like it's probably his mom doing all the yeah. killing it's not that it's not maybe poor that. baby ivan <laughs> are you like <laughs> cuckoo in your head how could jury is like mean, bro what bro <laughs> like again once we listen to his backstory and get into his uh you know um childhood it's going to wreck you up. And this this just makes no sense. I'm building up suspense here. Oh, yeah. We it. haven't covered his childhood yeah. yet. I'm building exactly. up suspense. Exactly. Like, you need to listen to the kind of childhood he had. I can tell. Good no, job. Dude, two... Like, no, what, few days of being a podcaster. Three days of being a podcaster. And you're doing amazing. Like... On July 27, 1996, following a 15-week trial, the jury returned after three days of consideration, finding Millard guilty on all charges. He was sentenced to six years. He was sentenced to six years for um, the attack on onions and seven consecutive life sentences for each of the murders that he committed. When asked if he had any comment, Millard continued to protest his innocence. Millard was first incarcerated in Maitland. Maitland Prison, where he would stay for nearly nearly a year. In May 1997, authorities foiled a planned foiled a well-planned jailbreak attempt masterminded by Millard. After discovering the plot, the inmates, inmates were separated. His his why am I breaking so much? What is wrong with me? Jeez. Okay. His accomplice, George Savas, was found hanged in his cell the next morning. He then transferred to the maximum security wing of Goulburn Prison near Sydney. After the, a blade was discovered in his cell, Millard spent time in solitary confinement. Millard, Millard, wow. Millard always, has always maintained his innocence <laughs> and later staged self-mutilation attacks and hunger strikes. Millard al- has always maintained his innocence and later staged self-mutilation attacks. So, no. Millard has always maintained his innocence and later staged self-mutilation attacks and hunger strikes in a bid to get his appeals heard. In July 2001, his initial appeal against his sentence was denied. Ooh. Yay. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, so now breaking the suspense... Uh, let's talk about Ivan Millard and his childhood. What created the monster? Okay. Yo. The process. <laughs> if I say so myself. Okay. So from the age 
so Ivan Milat was born in Guildford, Australia on October 20. Oh no, that's his death. Sorry, sorry, cut this out. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Ivan Millard was born in Guildford, Australia in December 27, 1944. His full name is Ivan Robert Marco Millard. Big name. Just going to call you Ivan Millard. So from the age of 17, Ivan Oops. was in trouble with the police. But it didn't come close to the seven murders he wouldn't be convicted for committing in 1996. Miller became known as the backpack murderer after found guilty for the seven murders, as we discussed. Um, so he was one of 14 children in extended Yugoslavian immigrant family. Mm-hmm. One to men. I would say one too many. Of course, it's one <laughs> too many. <laughs> That's like an understatement to saying 14, 14 years. What baby factory is this? I mean, I get the the entire idea of, you know, um, them just being like, some cultures have uh, like this tendency to have more kids in some places. It's at 14. Yeah, it's a bit too many, if you ask me. Okay. Apparently, they, apparently she went through 16 pregnancies and like had two miscarriages. The mother. Sad life. I mean, genuinely it's sad. Even though like everything that I say just sounds yeah. sarcastic. It's not. It's just the way I talk. <laughs> My voice is just so weirdly monotone <laughs> and everything I say just sounds sarcastic. Sorry about that. I do not mean it. Oh, I can't. I can't deal with that. And like, dude, having fo- being a part of fourteen kids also means that you hardly even see your parents, you know? Because like, there's always going to be someone younger than you that needs more attention. So like, you don't get the parent parental yeah, and probably like at all. And then like, your elder siblings become and also like earning earning you know for fourteen kids, like 14, 15, 16 people in the house, just like an entire freaking um. It's it's a giant. You have to like imagine going to the movies with your kids. God damn it, <laughs> sixteen right. tickets. Oh lord. <laughs> god. You got to take like one kid every mahina mahina, and then only you like. But I don't think they wanted to keep this like a happy family or whatever. Like if you have fourteen, if you're having fourteen kids and they're like really weird, then I mean. Uh, the 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 family was very uh, like family life was very rural and they were very like insulated from the outside world so the millards kept to themselves and yeah. making reliable so like make, uh, making reliable uh, information about the millards upbringing is difficult to obtain because like obviously i don't think half of the family wants to speak about it it's like one sibling did something and the whole mm. family doesn't want to be tainted for it so i think they they were yeah. like already they've suffered a lot maybe they didn't know about this guy so mm-hmm. uh, Milad's upbringing was uh, very like you know he his according to his brother during after the trial um, his brother's name is Boris by the way um, he said that Milad had exhibited psychotic tendencies early on though other family members dispute this they're like no Milad is a very nice guy but I mean. He's chill, yeah, he's chill, very chill. Apparently, like, one of the female members of the family was like, uh, you know, I trust him with my child. Like, he babysat my child. Well. So, like, there's no way he could have done that. Um, like, 
Well, John Wayne Gacy loved animals too. Did that stop him? Why are you comparing animals and little kids? What is wrong with you? I'm just saying. You hate kids that much? I don't hate kids. I just think kids and animals are very similar to each other because all they do is like not uh-huh. talk and lay around. Yeah, lay around and they they poop and pee and you gotta expect you to it feed you. They scream and they expect you to understand what they want and yet they're just like. And then you pick them up and you're like playing a, 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 like Superman with them and then they vomit in your mouth. Yeah. That's cute. This seems very specific. Oh, it is. It's, it's from experience. <laughs> I used to think I was good with kids when I was younger. But then after that, I realized no kids like me. Like once they grew up a little bit, they just hated me. So <laughs> maybe they don't like the creepy uh, Didi who doesn't talk to them. Because <laughs> I don't talk to kids. It's just, yeah, what I'll say. <laughs> Oh, but I think they were pretty uh, close or not. It was the, we couldn't find it anywhere where it said that they were close or whatever. But it, uh, No, no. There was no closeness at all. The mother were, it was basically the kids were left to themselves and they would just roam around, come back home whenever they wanted. and Basically, oh, I mean, they were just they on, on their, own, their own. They had to grow yeah, up on pretty their much own. on their own. The middle kids were parented by the older ones and the middle and the older ones parented and the parents the were like ah, baby after they got a little older. The parents were just like baby factory and just let's just take care of the newborns. Yeah. That's it. Maybe I feel like they were the kind of people that just like having kids to be like Till the age of like three or something, and after they They're grow, like, older, they can not act, cute like eh, whatever. I need another it's one. Like, ugh, not cute anymore. Exactly. I take pictures with you. Gross. Let's get a new one. Exactly. Because that's a real thing. Is also, it? like quite a few people. Oh God! I was just like that. making fun. That is a real thing. That was a thing. There's actually. No, no. This this thing. Uh, there was one case where I, which I heard about, where that was the thing. The woman didn't like having children older than three. And once they, they turned three or five, she would just like let go, like whatever, do whatever you want, right. and get another kid. Like imagine hoping. being one of the kids there and just something. like empathize. I don't know. So I think he was um, uh, Ivan Milat was closer to his brother, like his elder brother uh, Boris. Mm. So Mil- Milat uh, was described as a good-looking, muscular boy who had fascinations for hunting and guns and took great care of his appearance. Like, you see that moustache of his, you know, the pictures. Yeah, he has a handlebar moustache. It's called a handlebar moustache. I like it. I feel like it's... Yeah, apparently. I I think it's a handlebar. It is. No, it's not a handlebar. No. A handlebar is like the one that goes, like, up. Like a handlebar. A bike That's why it's called a handlebar. More weeks said it was a handlebar, so I was like, oh, oh, ah." this one is the weird military mustache. Okay. Yeah, it's a goal. It's a circle around your face. Also, there was a movie inspired by him called Wolf Creek. Wolf. So I think I've not watched it. I've been waiting to watch it in my watch list. We should watch it on Discord together. Let's stream. (laughs) Okay. 
so milad uh, was uh, like milad's parents were very hard working and strict and with 14 kids to manage dif- discipline was difficult as expected and milad and his brothers had a reputation for yes. being law- uh, for being lawless in the neighborhood so the family endured numerous police visits to their farm as the kids grew older so that kind of gives you an idea of uh, how basically he was never really told like he never really figured what was uh, right to wrong like his parents were never there for him it was just a crowd of people and maybe you know as someone who's not like very used to with a crowd i think you would definitely feel lonely in a crowd of people and i think milad also right. like only uh, caught on to his brothers uh, doing stuff so he never really learned uh, what to like do and what to do better and work on himself he was just like always there was a crowd of people he wanted to get away from it maybe his brothers were like his only escape so from the age 17 right. Milad constantly in trouble with both the police and the court on charge of varied housebreaking car thefts and armed robberies it's a very young start 17 what were we doing when we were 17 i was studying like 12 hours a day to get through entrance exams which i very nicely failed the first attempt and that gave like a few months yeah 17 year old i does i honestly was definitely not breaking houses that's for sure <laughs> i was definitely not doing that because i didn't have the honestly. time i had zero social life and i z- i still have zero social life honestly <laughs> like i don't go out not not only because it's the pandemic we never had a social life like meeting people what exactly and honestly meeting people raise yeah. my energy yeah. i don't like it i feel very tired once i meet somebody even if it's one person i have to it kind of like makes me i'm not exaggerating like me feel like i'm talking to myself cuz that's what my my thing is like i can't meet people like every time i tell someone like even on a call if i tell someone oh yeah we should we should call and stuff and then in the end it's just like well i just uh, then i just not end up doing because it's, it's too <laughs> draining to just sit there and talk to someone yeah. yeah so i mean at 17 and even now we are definitely not breaking houses and thieving cars and armed robberies that's like they just slightly sprinkled armed everything murder. there just like oh yeah he did that salt bed everything in there it was yeah. salt bed yes salt bed yeah. so in 1917 Uh, Milad was put on trial for the alleged rape of two female hitchhikers who testified that they had been armed with a, a knife during the attack. He had been armed, and he was acquitted on rape charges. But the prosecution failed to make a convincing case against him. So this is the case uh, they, we had mentioned earlier, where the same guy who, uh, the same lawyer who, um, like, fought for him. Uh, represented yeah. him yeah. so that guy was the one who was going to represent him even then but then he fired when he said uh, oh yeah plead guilty so the lawyer tells you to do something right and you don't cuz why would you <laughs> stupid there had been much speculations about the true number of milad's victims given that he had always maintained his innocence but the luckiest of them was definitely paul anians the british backpacker who was hitchhiking south from sydney in search of work 
which was picked up by Milad on who was picked up by Milad on 25th January 1990. So uh, if you talk about Milad, like he has a very specific way, like these kind of people would like lure others in. They have a very specific way of acting. Like even with the BTK killer, if you know, they have a very friendly way of talking and like a very uh, go with the flow charm. Very charming. Yeah. And also because he was good looking and he uh, like took care of himself as like his family said, as his brother hmm. mentioned, Boris mentioned. So I think that kind of plays into it because you wouldn't get in a car with a hillbilly. You would definitely get in a car with someone who looks like yeah. you know, they have a good job they have something they would probably not kill you because in our head we think people I would kill you look like hillbillies <laughs> but then it could be anybody yeah, like just like, get that out you know honestly I feel like it's the opposite like the person dressed the best is probably gonna kill you yeah like imagine that is the serial killer you're looking they for they always dress so sleek have you watched all Mission Impossibles yes. children do you know how good they look <laughs> <laughs> Huge Tom Cruise fan, by the way. <laughs> I, I love Tom Cruise and his not me. <laughs> okay, so uh, the thing about uh, Millard was he introduced himself as Bill and uh, like about onions, he found Millard's personal questions about his plans very unnerving. He became concerned for his safety when Milan became Millard began ranting and making racist and xenophobic remarks. Of course. <laughs> of course he just cannot be an open that is, uh, that is exactly when... Like, if somebody is, is a killer, a killer or not, You might as well be racist. Yeah, like, if you're going to kill people, if you're going to be uh, a very, like, a snaky guy, you might as well be racist and xenophobic. Why did you leave the other phobics, child? Maybe he had no idea what they were because, like, it's 19. <laughs> like, if you, uh, I mean, <laughs> just racist and xenophobic. I'm pretty sure he, like, Onions is just That's being uh, generous here, not telling us other stuff. Yeah, because I don't think he's yeah. just racist and xenophobic. Anybody with a gun in their hand just, like, gives me racist vibes. But, I mean, so according to onions when millard uh, pulled his car to the side of the road onions tried to get out but millard pulled out a revolver and told him to stay put uh, with his seat belt on uh, onions managed to bolt for safety leaving his backpack which contained all his possessions and passport despite millard's threat that he would shoot him he managed to flag down a passing car which took him to the nearest police station so that he could report the incident he returned to Sydney to replace the missing passport and eventually returned to United Kingdom, not yet aware of his narrow escape. So he just felt like this is a bad, uh, like a, just a bad But experience. he goes to the police, he goes to the police and gives the name of Bill. And not yeah, because Ivan Millard hadn't so like, told that's him. where Ivan Millard didn't tell him that Exactly, so Ivan that kind of... my name is Bill. So that kind of threw the police off the track for a little bit. But like they called him back and thinking that maybe this is the same guy. So like good job with the police. Good job with the police. Honestly. Good the job whole thing about onions for like being a good sport and coming back. All onions. Claps. Onions, you kind of deserve this. Yay. We appreciate anybody who uh, like in the case, like the police, 
Mr. Anians, like they were amazing, amazing at their work, and they were all yep. so, um, you know, so uh, up and for forthcoming, and they worked really hard on this case. So I think this is this is yeah. a very very uh, well uh, like well uh, investigated case, and they were pretty pretty thorough with it, and I mean. Make makes me feel much more safer. What also, that, another thing, yeah. Milad died on um, October twenty seventh, two thousand and nineteen. Three Last days, year. I think, three days or two days yeah. before Halloween. So his mm. his ghost was still fresh. <laughs> For Halloween. That's another TikTok song. That's not a TikTok song. That's my Christmas jam song. Shut up. (laughs) Yeah, I listen to Spooky Scary Scary. What? (laughs) Okay, so I think we should wrap up the case now because we've been talking for a really long time. Yes. Um... Oh, so before we get this over with, I just want, I mean, I wanted to get into this like a little deeper, but like we really don't have time and it's not that important, but still. So apparently, um, Ivan Millard's great nephew, Matthew Millard, was, and one of his friends, Matthew Millard's friend, both of them were arrested for the murder of their classmate, which then led a lot of people to think that what if this is like, in their blood, you know, in Milat's mm-hmm. blood, like Milat family's blood. And the entire Milat family then came out in protest and they were like, just because a few of us are bad doesn't mean all of us are. It's, it's et cetera, two. Et so yeah, it's two by now. <laughs> These guys should get <laughs> their just saying. Because yeah, I totally. remember uh, BTK and... Killers, um, just a quick shout out. I mean, I don't think they need a shout out now, but I was listening to Happy Face by Podcast Network. So they did an amazing job at that one documentary where the daughter talks about being, you know, the daughter of the BTK killer. So she was scared that she was going to be like psychotic since it's in her blood and her dad is like a brutal guy. He was right letters to her about like you know you're my blood you're gonna have it in your brain and stuff like that so she did a psych uh, i think some psychopathy test psychotic test or whatever and in that they figured out that her brain was normal you know like if you're a psychopath but like that's the thing is you know just because you're a psychopath doesn't mean that you're gonna yeah fully functional psychopaths don't kill they also have mentioned and interviewed a fully functional psychopath you know like you do have those feelings but you don't act yeah. on it and you don't have exactly. to be a and psychopath to kill psychopathy is like i think ultimate narcissism yeah. in order to kill and you you don't feel remorse a lot I of know. people who killed i know of quite a few narcissists <laughs> oh. you know what i mean yeah Shade. Not shade. Just throwing the shade. Yeah. It's getting too sunny. Oof. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> sure, sure, is getting shady. Very, very slim shady in town, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, let's wrap this up. It's been quite a long time. 
and I'm probably this this is one hour thirty minutes, but I'm probably gonna have to cut it down to like one hour ten minutes to make it. Oh God! We've to make it so a much. sizable bite. I mean, you can tell that we we yes, like talking about, about this. We are like super passionate about it. We can have hours of conversation. I mean, even before recording, we were like generally just sitting there talking about random stuff, and that was also crammed related. Yeah. Just to clarify, not Ivan Milat, but we were talking about some other stuff, and you know, certain references here and there. So, um, yeah, I guess this kind of wraps up the case here. We try to cover as much as possible in. One hour. <laughs> I mean, one hour is a long time, but then if you figure out the fact that uh, uh, exactly, it honestly doesn't feel like it. I feel like we just started five minutes ago. It genuinely doesn't feel like we've been yeah. talking for an hour. Um, so let's like wrap this up, and we hope you enjoyed this, and thank you so much for listening. It means a lot if you. been listening till here and you know what just shoot us a dm like we would love to hear from you what you thought about the episode just be kind be nice with people too and we feel things and we'll feel bad if you're very mean <laughs> also so you can always talk to us cuz also thanks to all the people who were like so enthusiastic and then with the drop like our first episode we had to drop it's dropping tomorrow as the time we are recording it is dropping tomorrow and i'm like super excited for it also because people have been so enthusiastic. super excited they are super excited they like i have had people personally text me on my personal being like um like people who i know my friends they're like we're super excited and stuff like that thank you so 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 much for doing this for us like this means so much like i mean this is a podcast and honestly you can't i just, just talk and expect nobody to listen i mean like people already are tuned in they, we have what around 60 followers on instagram right now yeah 60 followers already oh my god we yeah. haven't even dropped anything and we have 60 i'm like <gasps> This is so. This is like such already like an achievement, and I guess Instagram pe when we reach hundred also, I'll be like dancing because like oh god, Instagram pe hundred is a huge thing. <laughs> no, the thing is that I mean once like it was really sad when I had to drop my earlier podcast, Desi Perspective. But like when I told people like the f- people who li- would listen to us regularly on Desi Perspective, even those people are so into. about this podcast and i'm just like so happy that i got to like kind of bond with these people over like a podcast you know like i never met these people but like thank you so much for showing us love here and... <laughs> wow thank you so much for showing us love like showing me love in desi perspective and here honestly like That means so much to me. Also, thank so, you for yeah, all I mean, the love already. Because Shar has been doing this before, but then I'm very new. I've I'm I'm like the listener, and now I'm talking, and it just makes it like such a huge thing. <laughs> Mentally, it takes a lot for an introvert to talk. Because I don't talk normally, and then now I'm like blah 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 yeah. blah blah blah. <laughs> no. Exactly, I can't talk to people, but I can do a podcast for hours and hours. It's like I can edit this yeah, shit. Yeah, and then okay. me and Sher met. No one knows the real me. Me and Sher met because of the podcast, and I think I would never like. She's such an yeah. amazing person. Just so you guys know, 
she's such an amazing amazing person Thank she's you. super gorgeous you can see her face but i can ha 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 jealous but um <laughs> she's very adorable she's very nice and in general she was like she is the sweetest person so since i know nothing about podcasts and how it works and stuff i'm just sitting here and like waiting for her to do everything and she is super nice so thank you so much for supporting us for supporting her basically this is her yeah. big dream and i'm just like trying to hype her up in the corner <laughs> so honestly like no but i couldn't have done it if i hadn't met you honestly like i feel like i i you need someone on the same wavelength as you right to do something mm-hmm. and i feel like i didn't find that in this perspective i mean not that we had a fight or anything but just saying that she wasn't as criminally that's such inclined a true crime in- inclined yeah. inclined as also, i was the and, whole you know it's just like it's interesting to talk to someone oh. you know, and it's like we have quite good conversation <laughs> So yeah, like, like off off yeah, recording I mean, also. It works out for a podcast. Yeah, like dude. Off the, oh god. We were like records like of the uh, um recordings and stuff. We yeah. also have really interesting conversations just talking about true crime and that's just yeah. like something that doesn't happen. Cuz most people think when you talk about these things they're just like oh you're weird. And then you just shut up and you don't talk about it. But then with yeah. sure I can like talk. Oh the only way Yeah, the only time you can talk about true crime is when you're like in a around a campfire that's it. Otherwise it's just creepy yeah, people find people it always so find like, it creepy. I have to refrain. But then with sure with like no context you could just send her random stuff about some serial killer and she'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's interesting." <laughs> it's like we send each other like IGTVs and like other videos on Instagram about serial killers and we don't even watch the Yeah, we don't give each other like, context. What? It's like half of the video. Good afternoon and hey how's your day? It's just like IGTV. Oh my god, this is creepy. There I am. Random as of the night she just sends stuff. Anyway. I had like yeah. such big expectations from Any. this podcast like this is weird. Same, same. I I love that because I'm a big dreamer, <laughs> honestly. Like I have big plans, and it's like even from the beginning of the podcast, like we're dying to do this, and then we need watch, and then we need these shorts, and then this, and then that. I've been dying oh, to make stickers and stuff like that. So like, if this goes well, you guys are probably gonna get stickers designed by me, and you can check out my um. art page <laughs> i'm just like shamelessly plugging myself in but the uh, the yes. cover and all is also lovely so like i can use my creative skills also so like we both are going to design a lot of stuff together we're going to put out a lot of stuff together if this goes right let's just hope it fingers crossed Yo. and um so 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 so, so thankful for you guys listening and have a have a great day have a great week have a great whatever you're having yes Happy Diwali even though Diwali is already over but I'm pretty sure you're still eating all of your Diwali snacks till your stomach bursts so like happy yeah, Diwali happy still. Diwali have a great day Bye. and please make good decisions in life <laughs> do not talk to strangers do no. not hitchhike don't go hitchhike yes, call your friends call your friends in cars be like bro can i have a trip Okay. If not, order it here. And also, it's a pandemic. Why are you going out? Stay home. Stay safe. Drink hot coffee. Don't, exactly. don't drink hot coffee. That you are a psychopath. And water. Um. <laughs> hey, shut up. <laughs> I 
I can't handle hot coffee. Oh, what is the shade? I can't handle hot coffee. Shut up. <laughs> drink, drink ice. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> drink whatever, man. Bye.